so when somebody cancels, one of the things we ask is why they cancel. Then we use that and feed that back into the product so that we can understand more about what they're actually trying to do. But again, it begins with onboarding. So when somebody starts, we ask them about what problem they're trying to solve. And we're starting to be able to match that to reasons why people might cancel or might not complete their onboarding. So we can understand as to whether ProdPet is actually solving particular problems for them or not. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Jana, the co-founder and CEO of ProdPad. Now, I am really excited for today's episode because as a product manager, I have followed ProdPad for years now, and they are really, really deep in this space. In this episode, we get to talk to Jenna and learn about different indicators of engaged users that they have, how they tackle this problem of predicting churn before it happens. And lastly, pay really close attention to what Jenna has to say about pricing and packaging. Jenna, thank you so much for being with us here today over at Retention Talk. I am uh, a huge fan of ProdPad and excited to learn a little bit more about, you know, the work that you do and and, and how you guys think about, you know, customer and, and revenue retention. So, Jenna, just real quick, high level, how'd you end up here? How'd you decide you wanted to work on this problem? Tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you're, uh, what you're working on these days. Yeah, absolutely. So, I was a product manager myself. Uh, so was my co-founder. And we needed tools to do our own job and nothing existed. So, we started building something. Thing and turns out it was something that was useful for our own teams. So we started sharing with other product managers around us. They found it interesting. So we quit our jobs and went to go focus on doing it full time, turned it into a SaaS business, and have been running it as a bootstrap SaaS business since. Excellent. Wow. I didn't realize you guys were bootstrapped as well. That's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. 100% bootstrapped and customer funded. Awesome. ProfitWell is also bootstrapped, right? So definitely love love hearing about other successful and, 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 and SaaS companies that are sort of making that journey as well. So obviously you guys are working uh, on, on helping product managers and product teams. Um, so there's a little meta here because they also care about some of these things. But tell me more about how you guys think about retention, who owns that number if there's a specific person. But yeah, how do you guys think about retention at Broadpad today? Yeah, I mean, when you've been around for this, long, retention becomes something that you really care about. You know, it's one thing to launch a new product and get it out there because early adopters love getting in there. But what you start realizing after time is that, you know, businesses do churn, right? It's a natural part of your business. And so what you have to do is build in protection against retention. And the thing is, is you can't just save somebody who's about to churn, right? If somebody's about to churn and hasn't been using it, there's nothing you can do to necessarily claw that back. You need to to build in protection against retention from the day that they join. And so we've been thinking about this for years and years and years. And so to us, retention is the flip side of onboarding. And so one of the things that we say here at ProdPad is always be onboarding. Always think about, you know, those first 30 seconds, those first 30 days, but also the first 30 weeks and 30 months. How can we make sure that people are getting the best possible experience so that they're always learning about the new things that they can be doing, always feeling like they are excelling with the product, always feeling like it's adding value to them so they don't feel like it's stagnated and that they uh, have lost interest in it and have a reason to, you know, pull 
pull the credit card out and churn. You know, I'm always fascinated by tools like yours because it, it relies on a meaningful amount of, of user engagement when it comes to, you know, adding in data, working within the tool, inviting other users, right, to, to really get full value from the product. You know, tell me more about, like you, you said, activation and onboarding is a key part of retention. Are there particular pieces of the onboarding that have, you know, really driven that from your perspective, especially given the work that the user needs to do? Yeah, hugely. I mean, we realized early on that there were certain things that people did in their onboarding that either made or broke their activation, their ability to pay and stick around long term. And it was things that, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's things that relate to getting actual usage out of the product. I mean, ProdPad is a collaboration tool for product teams. People who invited other people into the tool and started having you know, comments and discussions with their team, people who actually brought in and added feedback and ideas, you know, these types of activities are the types of things that were huge indications of people who were likely to stick around and pay and stick around and continue paying versus people who, you know, if you never actually invite somebody to your ProdPad account, chances are you're not going to have that draw to go back to it time and time again, because it just becomes a place that you go by yourself, as opposed to something that um, you're using to collaborate and work out problems and work out ideas and uh, come to solutions with. That makes a ton of sense, right? So inviting users, you know, it seems like an obvious one. Are there other key metrics or, or things that you guys track that are leading indicators of, of a you know more engaged user? Yeah, so one of them was inviting users. Related to that was number of comments. That's related to invites because, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, comments is is one thing to measure, but you're probably only commenting if there's other people there in the app with you. People aren't generally commenting to themselves unless they're just testing out to see if it works. Inviting others and then commenting, actually using it as a team, which is a really, really clear indicator. It's one of the big ones. But also things like getting integration set up, right? It's always a tricky step is getting something integrated with another tool. Because at that point in time, it takes, you know, oftentimes you getting permission from the other tool owner or, you know, getting the time to set up the integration steps and testing it out, making sure it all works. That's a big indicator of success. And once it works, it works. We've got a really, really solid two-way integration with tools like Jira. And we know that people who do get it working absolutely tend to sail ahead and use ProdPad for a long time. Whereas people who fail to get any integrations working are the ones who tend to not even make it past their initial onboarding period. Got it. Sure. No, I, I I totally hear that. Right. Making sure the right folks have admin rights and, you know, security and, 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 and policies in place to, to authorize that. So that that makes that makes sense on, on a mechanical level. So what I'm always fascinated by is like, I, I think to your point, the best users are ones that ultimately get a value from the product. And, and you guys are making those nudges early on in the onboarding to, to help them get there. You know, admittedly, ultimately, some folks might not be a fit. And so, like, tell me more about when a user cancels, like what happens right from their perspective? And, and how do you guys think about that? Right. Yeah. So when somebody cancels, one of the things we ask is why they cancel. Then we use that and feed that back into the product so that we can understand more about what they're actually trying to do. But again, it begins with onboarding. So when somebody starts, we ask them about what problem they're trying to solve. And we're starting to be able to match that to reasons why people might cancel or might not complete their onboarding. So we can understand as to whether ProdPad is actually solving particular problems for them or not. Sure. On a mechanical level, like are you guys using something like Stripe or, or, or something similar to manage like the subscription logic here? We use Recurly to Recurly. manage the billing logic and then Stripe to manage the processing. Yep. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I'm only curious because I think it's like some of these tools, right, have built in functionality to help with 
things here and there. And so curious, like what, you know, folks end up using, but, but that, that makes sense. What's something that you guys have maybe struggled with in the past that, you know, ha- has improved the last six to 12 months when it comes to really identifying something that, that drove retention or otherwise? Right. So one thing that we've been really working on is trying to figure out which activities people are or aren't doing before they churn. So trying to predict churn. And we have a member in our team, our development lead, who has his master in AI and has been doing some really interesting work that has allowed us to look at the data and start predicting with um, some certainty as to who's likely to churn in the coming months. And that data is being fed into our HubSpot and over to our customer success team who are able to reach out more actively to team members. So it's you know indications like this is a really, really active customer. They were really active, but their usage has dropped off. And it can be things like subtle activity switches, which we wouldn't have noticed as humans, but basically the algorithm is picking up and going, hey, you want to flag this one up? And by doing so, we're able to, you know, manually or using some sort of like we're using basically automations to ping over some messages to these folks to say, hey, everything okay?" Uh, And that's reactivating some of these uh, conversations and helping make sure that people aren't falling off our radar. Previous to that, sometimes people would be using it. They're totally happy. And we wouldn't even realize that the advocate had, you know, quit their job, moved elsewhere and the usage is just tanked. And by the time that we had noticed that the usage had totally gone through the floor and they were ready to churn. There's nothing we could really do about it at that point in time. That's great. And so I, I guess, you know, something that I've been thinking a lot about is is there are these two buckets of churn, right? There's like all of these strategic things around, did they end up getting value from the product? Did they ultimately, you know, do the do the actions to really benefit and, and drive value? And then there's these like mechanical pieces, right, around the cancellation flow and optimizing their plan length and, and failed payments and things like that. And so is there, and I know you guys are, are you know, about 30 or so employees at this time. It's like, who, who ultimately, is it the product team? Like who owns retention, the metric, if, if anyone? Yeah, that's a really good question. Our retention metrics are owned by our customer success team. And for the most part, we uh, handle retention with a high touch, right? So we know that a lot of our churn is down to usage metrics. And so it comes down to being in contact with people and making sure that they've got the right help. They've got the right people on board. You know, it often comes down to an advocate who's left or somebody who, you know, the team has grown and they've changed their processes. And so just re-onboarding that person, re-onboarding that team and making sure that they, uh, they see why it is that they bought this ProdPad thing and, you know, how they can make the most out of it. That has uh, some pretty good success rates. What percent is self-serve versus, you know, might have a dedicated account manager? Every account is self-serve. You sign up and you buy ProdPad and self-serve. But we also have an account manager who sort of works across all of them. I guess you could call it like an assisted self-serve. We have somebody who just keeps an eye out. It's sort of assisted with programmatic things. So we have something that'll flag up and say, hey, by the way, kick off this email to these companies this week because they're they're flagging for some reason. Uh, and then if they reply saying, actually, yeah, we could use help, then it's like, great, get them set up for a, a re-demo or get them set up with some help. You know, sometimes it'll be like, oh, well, you know, we're not using it because it doesn't do this. And we're like, oh, it does do that. <laughs> Here's how to use it. Uh, sometimes it's like, well, we're not using it because so-and-so quit and we're not we're not sure why we have this thing in the first place. Okay, well, you could churn or you could actually, you know, we could show you why you have it and how you're actually making use of it. And, um, you know, sometimes saving an existing customer means reselling the, the new team on uh, why they bought this thing in the first place. 
you know, they're sometimes being reintroduced to the tool, you know, two years later, and they don't actually know why it's in there, but they know it was in there for a good reason. No, totally. I, I think uh, some of those smallest touches can have such a huge impact, right? Especially when it's been a while or the point of contact changes and, and things like that. I think the spirit of that is, is right on point. As you think about, you know, the next sort of six to 12 months of, of, of ProdPath's growth, right? What's the next challenge? Like, what's the next sort of thing that, that you think the team needs to really rally around to get to the next level? Yeah, such a good question. So for us, we are looking at how we can better package and price ProdPad to provide the value at the right size for the right customers. So one of the strengths that ProdPad has is that it's a platform that covers a wide set of different problems that product teams have, which is great if you have road mapping problems and idea management problems and feedback problems and you know you want the whole suite. But it can be a bit overwhelming and hard to get started if you just have idea management problems or if you just have road mapping problems or just feedback problems. So we're looking at how we can better price and package uh, modularize to solve those particular problems and allow people to upgrade and uh, change the package that they're on based on what kind of problems they're solving at that point in time. So that's a challenge that we're looking to tackle going forwards. Got it. Yeah, I think that's exciting because I think part of this is like, as you guys continue to grow, right, and, and then the team grows and the complexity of the product grows, like it, it, is, it is really important to make sure that this is a core sort of pillar of, of how you guys are thinking about your overall growth strategy. So no, that's a, that's super insightful, Jenna. So as you think back as your time, you know, starting the company and, and, and having grown it since, like what's something that you're the most proud of having having accomplished? Yeah. I mean, since we're talking about retention, one of the things that I'm most proud of, I love this. The first customer that we ever got on board is still with us, right? So in terms of retention, I mean, both is the first company, right? The company who signed up, but also that advocate, that person who was there at the company who chose ProdPad for her team. Uh, she's since moved on and brought ProdPad with her to several of the teams, all of whom are using ProdPad now, uh, and is using ProdPad at her newest company as well, which is brilliant. Uh, we call that the world's slowest viral mechanism, somebody taking the tool with them as they change jobs. But it works, right? We've had people take ProdPad with them all over the place. And you know, I love that the original company, as well as the original you know, first advocate of ProdPad, is still a huge advocate and uh, taking it with her as she goes. Love it. That's incredible. That's when you know you have like a really true advocate, right? And it's like nothing you could have done or very little that you could have done early on could have predicted that this would be the outcome. But I think that's why those like little moments are, are, are crucial. So no, Jenna, this has been this has been really great. If, if people want to learn more about ProdPad or, or you, how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, stop by prodpad.com. We've got lots of information there. We've got a uh, blog that you can head up with lots of product management insights. If you want to hear more from me, I'm Simply Basto on Twitter, and I'm always happy to chat to folks. So hit me up, let me know uh, what questions you have, and try a trial of Prodpad. Let me know what you all think. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jenna. And I can personally attest the blog has been really, really helpful, even for me in my career. So thank you again for, for taking the time and uh, really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Good chat. A huge thank you to Jenna for lending their time to the podcast today. With their help, I think we've developed a really interesting perspective on how product teams can do their part to drive retention. To recap, we talked about number one, indicators of engaged users. As Jana says, they look for the number of comments on the app as it's a clear indicator of someone testing it to see if it works. They also look at if a user is integrating another tool or app. Folks who fail with integrations and may not post as much aren't likely to stick around in the long run. 
Second, predicting churn before it happens. A huge part of what the folks at ProdPad have been doing is trying to figure out which activities people are or aren't doing before they churn. This data is then transferred to the customer success team, who then reaches out to the customer whose usage has declined. And lastly, iterating on packaging and pricing. A big piece that Jenna and the ProdPad team are looking at is how to better package and price the product to provide the proper value at the right size for the right customers. Pricing is absolutely crucial in retaining customers, and it seems that they've been doing it right over at ProdPad, as Jenna says their first customer ever is still with them years later. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter at neildesai 23 and let's dish on today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And if you know a great guest, send me a message at neil at This has been a ProfitWell Recur production, the largest, fastest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 